Karen is the proven expert in addiction treatment. A recent independent study showed that 94% of Karen patients were still in recovery 90 days post-treatment. Visit CARON.org slash real. Karen, real results, real care, real about recovery. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Fantasy Football Addicts podcast. My name is Mung. And my name is Lose, and I'd like to offer a special, special welcome back to you, Mung. Welcome back to the podcast. Thanks. You guys did uh, a good job in my absence last week, and I was thinking about just extending my vacation, but uh, I guess I, I decided to come back after all. Oh, baloney. If you'd listened, I would have been fired by now. Well, I mean, be that as it may, uh, it would certainly be fun to gloat with Dan instead this week, but I'm glad you're here also, Los. It's always nice to be here. And uh, the Bears are playing tonight, uh, a low-scoring game so far in the first half, and we'll see what happens in the second. Three points in, uh, in one half of football against the Vikings doesn't excite me very much, but hey. You know what? At least they're only down four. For now, Vikings are moving the ball. Yeah, and uh, it's been pretty crazy week. Uh, a lot of ups and downs. We had, of course, uh, we'll talk about some big Hail Mary plays. We had some big upsets. And we had some just very high-scoring games in general, uh, as has been the trend this year. It's been uh, it's been crazy, and we're getting down to the wire here the last uh, two, three weeks of the fantasy regular season here. Yeah, despite the coronavirus, despite the ups and downs, despite all the all the near scares, football's thriving right now. Yeah, and hopefully your fantasy teams are thriving as well. Uh, in fact, if you guys like making prop bets, Thrive Fantasy is perfect for you. Offering DFS-style contests where you pick 10 out of 20 prop bets each week and compete against other players on how many you get right. Each prop has a fantasy point total associated with the over or under. And the more you pick correctly, the more points you score, helping to place and win money with over $12,000 guaranteed for the Sunday contest every single week. And if you use our promo code ADDICTS, that's A-D-D-I-C-T-S, when you sign up for an account, you'll receive an instant match of up to $50 credited to your account with a minimum $20 deposit. Check it out today on the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store, or you can play at thrivefantasy.com. Certainly increases your ways to win, increases your number of chances to participate in the NFL season this year. And I'll tell you about somebody who's thriving. Arizona Cardinals fans are thriving this week. That's for darn sure. Yeah, uh, that was a crazy end to the game. I thought Buffalo had that one in the bag, but... uh, you know, the NFL is crazy. I saw the uh, the Hail Mary or the Hail Murray, I should say, uh, <laughs> which was pretty incredible. And yeah, Cardinals fans have a right to be happy. Uh, I, I think the only people who weren't super happy about that were the fantasy teams with Chase Edmonds because with Kenyon Drake back, it became a 50-50 split yet again in that backfield, 16 carries to just eight for uh, 16 carries for Drake to just eight for Edmonds, and then three targets for Edmonds, just one for Drake. Yeah, I get it. I'm holding fast to Chase Edmonds for this week, though. I, I'm starting him one more week over Kenyon Drake, mostly for his work in the past game. Um, neither of them actually looked 
exceptionally great running the ball. Of course, Chase Edmund or uh, Kenyon Drake did did get the hundred yard day practically, but I'm not leaning into that again, especially against Seattle in, in a week where they're going to probably having to throw the ball. To me, Drake's just a flex here. How about you? Yeah, I think both of these guys are flex worthy. I don't know yeah. that I prefer one over the other uh, necessarily because I do think this will be a close game, but this could also be a game where Arizona is leading, which could lead to a few more carries for Drake as well. Ooh, I see that the opposite side of the ball, to be honest. Uh, I see. I, I know Seattle has had its issues right now, but I think Russell Wilson's going to really take this week to, to dial things in at home and, and, and get this offense back cooking. Yeah, we'll see if that happens. Uh, it'll make his job a little harder, uh, depending on whether Tyler Lockett plays. It sounds like he has a knee sprain, though it's fairly minor. Uh, it is a short week, just four days uh, with them playing on Thursday night. So hopefully Lockett will be ready, ready in time. And if not, maybe some desperation wide receiver four appeal uh, for Jeff Swain or David Moore here. It would be a nice time for Chris Carson to come back to the team. That's for sure. It is starting to look like they are really missing him. Yeah. And it does sound like he'll be back. Uh, that is the expectation. So certainly a boost for that running game. That'll help. All that being said, uh, I am going to take the Cardinals here on the road. I'm going to take the home Seattle uh, Seahawks. I, I think they get back on track here in a big way. Yeah, certainly it should be a close one either way, but uh, it's hard to argue against Kyler Murray and the Cardinals right now, given how hot they've been. The kid looks great. The kid looks great. All right, the next game up here, uh, the Sunday noon central 1 p.m. slate. The first game up is Philadelphia at Cleveland, and the Eagles had a rough loss to the Giants. So this NFC East uh, division continues to just disappoint. It seems like nobody wants to win it. Well, everybody wants to draft Trevor Lawrence this year. I think the entire NFC East. Well, uh, you certainly can't blame them given the level of quarterback play that uh, we're seeing from each and every one of them. It's just, uh, it's really disappointing. You would think that Carson Wentz would have performed a little bit better. He's gotten some of his offensive line back. He's gotten a lot of his weapons back in Jalen Rager, Dallas Goddard. And it sounds like soon Zach Ertz with him being declared uh, as uh, ready to be activated off the IR list in the next three weeks. Yeah, that, that's all well and good. But I, I think the return of Jalen Rager and, and Elshon Jeffrey has just muddied the waters here for Travis Fulgham, even though he did have the tough cornerback matchup this week. Uh, Cleveland is not really a slouch against the run, so the, the place to attack here is the wide receivers, but I'm really only interested in Miles Sanders this week. Something is just terribly, terribly wrong with this offense. And as you alluded to, the return of Zach Ertz, it's not going to fix it. It's going to make it even worse. He's going to waste balls thrown to a guy that's unfortunately, uh, well, let's say he's seen a heck of a lot better days in his career. Let's put it that way. Yeah, we can only hope that Wentz will get things back on track eventually, but that's tough to say. I don't think Rager or Fulgham are must-holds, but if I had to pick one, it's still Rager for me. Oh, yes. Okay, I, I was thinking Fulgham, but yes, I agree. It's Rager. 
All right. On the Brown side here, uh, it was a welcome sight to have Nick Chubb back, although I'm sure his fantasy GMs uh, were very disappointed in his uh, non-screw up. Unlike Todd Gurley a few weeks back, Nick Chubb did remember not to go into the end zone. But this one was kind of baffling because I think it would have helped even if he had scored the touchdown, making it a two score game. Yeah, I don't think Houston had any shot of uh, going back down the field and, and making this uh, making this into something. But hey, you know what? It was good practice for for the future. I probably would have liked to seen him, you know, fall onto the turf though and keep the clock running. You you would think that's what coaching wanted. It's it's not like he didn't have fifty yards of open green to the right of him. Yeah, well, what's done is done, and yeah. uh, I will say I like Jarvis Landry more this week. Uh, I liked the matchup last week, but of course that win just made any sort of passing game very tough to sustain, so both teams very run-heavy in that game. Uh, I'm not worried about Landry, though. I still like him as a wide receiver three here. Totally agree there. Hooper's an upside tight end two for me. Chubb and Hunt are both on the brink of ones for me. Yeah, certainly, uh, given the state of running back right now, uh, you like both as RB2s. Uh, both have a lot of upside. All that being said, we've seen kind of Jekyll and Hyde performances from both of these teams, so I'm going to lean the home team Browns here. I'm going to do the same on the, back of, uh, on the back of the running backs. All right, the next game up is going to be the Atlanta Falcons at the New Orleans Saints. And the Falcons, of course, coming off of their bye week. Uh, we'll see if Calvin Ridley is ready to return from that foot injury he suffered a couple weeks back. But this should be an interesting one uh, without Drew Brees on the other side. Yeah, I'm not expecting a ton from Todd Gurley here, but I haven't been all season. And here we are. I think, think after the bye week, he's still a uh, uh, top top eight running back. So so what can you do? Uh, passing game should be fine here. Drew Brees is in some trouble with those cracked ribs and a punctured lung. Uh, hopefully he has a speedy recovery. But I think Jameis Winston got a really lucky pull of Atlanta this week. Uh, all's going to be salvaged. He's seen Atlanta many times, having played for the Buccaneers. I think the offense should essentially be fine. The fantasy output might be even higher. Winston will throw like two pick sixes early in the game, and that'll make, you know, Emmanuel Sanders, Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara just have to put up 400 yards for him. Yeah, that is something that I was discussing earlier today, and it's definitely a possibility here. We've seen that Drew Brees has not has not been throwing downfield nearly as much this year, and Jameis Winston could help correct some of that for the offense, particularly for Michael Thomas, maybe Jared Cook. And as you said, if he does end up turning the ball over here, uh, you know, it, it's possible that they could get into a, a bit of more of a shootout situation. Atlanta, of course, their run defense is much better than their secondary. And then also, I, I do think that Winston is a, you know, it's hard to trust them, but a high risk, high reward QB streamer this week. If you got to do it, I, I would do it in a daily. I don't think I'd do it in season long just because there's not too many quarterbacks on a bye right now. I'm probably only missing Josh Allen. But uh, but if you want to, if you want like that variance play. Yeah. And, you know, on the flip side here, I, I don't hate the Falcons as a streaming defense either, because even if right. Winston throws three or four touchdowns, he might also throw two or three interceptions along with them. Lockstep agreement like that right there. I imagine we're in lockstep agreement on picking the Saints in this game as well. 
You know, I am taking the Saints, but this is really a toss-up for me. That That's sure. how little I trust Jameis Winston. Uh, you know, we'll see a little bit of Taysom Hill, too, but it does not It does seem like most of the actual passing downs will probably be Winston. You're right. I mean, that's just the microcosm of Winston's career. His, his final two seasons... Uh, with the Buccaneers, they were picked as dark horse favorite, or dark horse shots at the Super Bowl, but he probably single-handedly uh, kept them out on his own. And that, that there's always a shot for them losing here. Yeah, definitely not a week I would use the Saints in any sort of survivor league. No, 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 no. The next game up here is going to be the Cincinnati Bengals at the Washington football team. And the Bengals, we really don't know much about Joe Mixon's foot, but it's certainly not a good sign that he still wasn't practicing, even coming out of their bye week. It's been about four weeks now uh, since he had that foot injury, and we're still seeing a lot of Gio Bernard here. The feet are tough. Uh, the foot ended Des Bryant's career for, for many years. Um, it's it's not an easy thing to come back from. Uh, if Bernard, if Mixon's out, I wouldn't drop Bernard. I think he's going to be steady again this week, especially in a PPR. Overall, think, I think this is going to be a pretty fun game. I see a solid day for Joe Burrow here and a bounce back from last week. T. Higgins is looking really good, and Tyler Boyd should have a solid helping of targets himself. Yeah, I mean, really, uh, I would wish that, you know, the Bengals would give Auden Tate a bigger shot rather than throwing out the corpse of A.J. Green every week, um, who caught zero of his five targets. But really, I, I mean, Joe Burrow is continuing to keep these wide receivers very fantasy relevant, uh, regardless of the matchup. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, on the Washington side here, you know who was the first person to talk to me about J.D. McKissick close? Was it me? It certainly was. And, uh, you know, I was I was tempted to just write it off as another one of your terrible takes. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, you were definitely on to something. And hopefully uh, those fantasy players out there listening to the podcast listened to you weeks ago. Because two straight weeks now of 14, 15 targets for J.D. McKissick with check down captain Alex Smith. And it doesn't look like it's going to let up anytime soon. Yeah, I just wish that these guys, I, I'm pretty heavily invested in McKissick now, which we know unfortunately I didn't have to pay much for. Um, Antonio Gibson and Terry McLaurin. I just wish I wasn't tied to this Washington franchise because I could just see the, the, the bottom drop out of this offense at any at any time. But so far, so good. Alex Smith is running this offense the way he ought to. Antonio Gibson is rushing the ball. He, despite the two touchdowns, he did have a pretty mo- mediocre day on the ground, but better days should be coming forward. Uh, and like you said, 14, 15 targets for McKissick. That's going to get the job done there as long as they keep feeding Terry McLaurin. Yeah, and you know, somebody asked me the other day, would you rather have J.D. McKissick or Clyde Edwards-Alaire in PPR for the rest of the season? And I was like, I don't know. That's, yeah, you know, yeah, McKissick I do. doesn't have the I, I name, but... Yeah, it's it's McKissick, and 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 it hurts me so deeply to my core. It I I just got an ulcer, as a matter of fact, and I'm now bleeding in places you don't want to know about. But the answer is JD McKissick. Yeah, because sometimes you just have to follow, you know, the opportunities, the, the yeah. touch volumes, and you know that's how a guy like Brashad Perriman ended up winning people fantasy titles last year in the playoffs after Evans oh, you and Godwin were both hurt. Yeah, you remember that, huh? <laughs> I sure do. 
Um, but really, I mean, yeah, name value uh, doesn't matter when we've seen enough from these players to kind of project their workloads going forward. And McKissick seems like a pretty solid RB3 with upside every week. Sure does. And the uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire will have the future, of course, but, but 2020 is not his year. Yep, and I am going to take Joe Burrow over Alex Smith, though it was great to see a healthy Alex Smith uh, playing well again. Yeah, that's the exact reason that I'm picking this, is, is Joe Burrow in this offense. Uh, it's going to be a close one. It's going to be fun to see Joe Burrow uh, going toe-to-toe against the uh, def- defensive line and pass rushers of Washington. So it should be a nice matchup, but, but I think Burrow comes out ahead this one. All right. The next game up here, the Detroit Lions at the Carolina Panthers. And I'd like to quote uh, Connor McGregor here and take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody about DeAndre Swift because, you know, we didn't like him coming into the season and Swift's talent is clearly shining through here. But if you or anybody else told me last week uh, that you would start Swift with confidence and knew that he was all of a sudden going to play on a season high 71% of the snaps against Washington, then I would call you out as a liar because Swift had averaged about what a 39% snap share coming into the game on the year. And it's really hard to tell what Matt Patricia is going to do going forward. Kind of, game script by game script and i'm happy for swift and hopefully fantasy gms uh you know for for those who have him uh maintains this kind of workload but i I don't know are you buying him rest of season as a flex rb2 rb1 no i'm selling him uh flex the answer to your questions of flex i'm i'm right there with you with him um i i think he's a good start he's a he's a running back to this week but and if you're uh if your trade deadline is next week or later then i would definitely go ahead and start him this week and then try and sell off on him um but but if you're desperate for pieces right now is the time to sell yeah, Carolina, of course, a great matchup on the ground here. Uh, we saw what Ronald Jones was able to do to them. But, you know, I don't think that Swift is a must sell, if no. only because of the playoff schedule. Because in week 14, the first week of the fantasy playoffs, he gets Green Bay, a very poor run defense. Uh, and then week 15, he gets Tennessee, another uh, struggling defense right now. Although week 16 is going to be a tough one against the Bucks run defense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but even then, if that becomes a blowout, then you get Swift as a pass catcher potentially right. with that PPR volume. So I, I really do like his fantasy playoff schedule. Yeah, uh, Dynasty players, uh, guys who pay attention to college football, were very excited for, for uh, Swift entering the NFL. Unfortunately, and he entered for the most part that that soggy committee situation. But uh, we'll see going forward. Yeah, and uh, on the other side here, certainly no committee for the Panthers uh, with Christian McCaffrey out. It's been the Mike Davis show once again, and it sounds like McCaffrey is going to miss at least another week. Uh, it sounds like the Panthers are preparing for a multiple week absence from McCaffrey, possibly out until after their Week 13 bye. So. I don't know. Hopefully, if you own McCaffrey, uh, you know you're ready to potentially already slide into the playoffs. You're you've got a good record, and if you don't, I, I think it's time to consider selling McCaffrey because he doesn't do you any good if you don't make the playoffs. 
Oh yeah, if 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 you're not if you're not locked in, you've got to lose him. But if you're in it, if you're even if you're sneaking in at six, he's going to be there for you week one. Well, presumably he's going to be there for you for week one of the playoffs. And what a boost that'll be! Twenty point uh, plus for your team seems nice. Yeah, and if you are already set, uh, pretty much locked in the playoffs, and you know the team with McCaffrey isn't, then it's time to try and reach out and trade for McCaffrey because that could be that that key piece down the stretch. Absolutely. For the receivers, Curtis Samuel came back down to earth. He fell to earth, I guess. Uh, he got a little too close to the sun last week or something. While DJ Moore led the team with four target, uh, four catches, seven targets, 96 yards, and a touchdown. So certainly not lighting the world on fire with those reception numbers, but, you know, playing nice. He is looking a little bit more like we expected pre-draft, but I think Tampa Bay actually chose to scheme out Robbie Anderson this game. So I would not be too concerned about Robbie Anderson, especially against Detroit. I think all three wide receivers are in play at home against Detroit here, especially with Christian McCaffrey messing. Yeah, the way I see it for this weekend and the rest of the season really is that Anderson has the highest floor each week as a wide receiver two, and then I have Moore and Samuel both as boomer bust wide receiver threes. Yeah. Do you, do you have a preference? Uh, not particularly. I think okay. in general, Moore is probably the, the better talent, but Samuel gets a lot of value on those carries that he gets, particularly right. in the red zone. So it's really about touchdowns and you know, more might break a few big ones, but Samuel might have uh, more opportunities closer to the goal line. So it's kind of a wash. All right. Um, uh, I'm going to take Carolina in this one. Yeah, just two real quick injury oh, sure. notes, just in case, too. Uh, I am also going to take Carolina. But uh, just worth noting that uh, one, Mike Davis did injure his thumb against the Bucks. He got an x ray done uh, during the game, and it came back uh, with good results. So hopefully he's fine, but something to monitor. If Davis were to miss this game, Trenton Cannon would probably be the next guy up. Um, and then Teddy Bridgewater also had an injury. He has a mild knee sprain, uh, and it sounds like he will be able to play this week, but again, just something to monitor. I think if Mike Davis misses any time, Curtis Samuel's the next man up. Could be, but I, I do think not they, they like Trenton. Not lining up at running back. I'm just being a little coy. I just think his his uh, usage increases. Definitely. I mean, we're seeing that tonight with Cordero Patterson, and I think Curtis Samuel could definitely get a bigger role in the backfield as well if Davis were yep. to miss time. I, I've drawn, I drew the parallel last week, but just like James Conner was ineffective, that's why we're seeing a lot of fun, fun uh, plays with uh, Chase Claypool. Yeah, and uh, this will be the, the battle for the light blue uniforms, I guess. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> but I will take Carolina as you are here, Los. The next game, uh, Pittsburgh at Jacksonville. And, man, it's been disappointing for James Conner. Played 88% of the snaps against the Bengals this past week, but he's really flopped in fantasy and back-to-back -back games now. Good matchups against the Bengals and the Cowboys, but... Couldn't even get to 10 PPR points. Are you trusting him in what should be a good matchup against the Jaguars? You probably have to this week. Um, gosh, I really don't want to. He has not looked like the same player. He's not looked like what we expected out of him, unfortunately. But Jacksonville does make players look, look pretty darn good a lot of times. <laughs> Yeah, I think the big concern here is if Roethlisberger just 
continues to stay hot and you know pass for all these touchdowns and they don't need him close into the goal line right that's fair but running back is just so cruddy so to speak uh can you drop him out of a running back two slot i i don't think i can do that i'm not that bold yeah, I mean, just a quick uh, would you rather here. Um, if J.D. McKissick is a free agent in your league. Sure, McKissick, with, not a shadow of a doubt. Okay. Um, what about Connor versus, let's see. Well, the Giants aren't a buy. I was going to say Wayne Gallman, but um, what about Damian Harris, who's been rushing for a lot of yardage, but not so many touchdowns? You know, it, it, we'll touch on this later, but this week it's going to be Harris. But but going forward, I'd probably lean Connor. Rest of season, I'd lean Connor, but this week I, I would lean Harris. Yeah, and, you know, what about Salvin Ahmed, who, uh, for with Miles Gaskin out, he's been a workhorse yeah, for Miami. I agree. You're hitting him. You're hitting him right on the head. Uh, Salvin Ahmed, I would have over Connor, too. He's, he's a strong running back, too, for me this week. What about, uh, man, I'm a little nauseous saying this one, but Kalen Balazs, uh, I mean, he played 73% of the snaps oh. for the Chargers with... You know, Justin Jackson on IR, if Eckler's out again, you know, he gets and the Jets. five receptions. I don't know what they're trying to do here. Uh, I guess it's Kalen Balazs, but... Oh, oh. Yeah, it's... I mean... No. I'm not benching I'm Connor just there. to bench no, him, but... It's not Kalen Balazs, it's James Connor. Uh, <laughs> I'll put that one on the board if you want. No, that's fine. I, I, I just think that, you know, Connor still has a high ceiling, but we've seen that his floor is very low. Yeah. Um, and it's tough. So hopefully you don't have to make those kind of decisions, but there are a lot of good options uh, out on the waiver wire at running back for those who are desperate at the position. So something to keep in mind here, um, on the Jacksonville side, Jake Luton has not looked very good at all. <laughs> um, <laughs> but a uh, part of that was the wind in green Bay, yeah. but it certainly didn't it didn't hinder Aaron Rodgers, So uh, part of that is the QB play. I'm not too worried about DJ shark. And if anything, I think there's gonna be a lot of garbage time opportunities for all the Jaguars receivers this week. Um, and really, you know, Keelan Cole and Chris Conley, I have them listed as potentially desperation streaming wide receiver fours. If they just get a lot of target volume, if Pittsburgh's up like 20 points by the half, you you have it called the exact same way as I do, um, except with the caveat, and it's just haunting me because I've lost in survival pools so many times because of Pittsburgh. This is the exact sort of game that Pittsburgh just puts up a stagnant offensive showing and then either nearly loses or ties the game. So just just be mindful that it could happen. It is a road game and for whatever reason, they, they tend to play to their, their opponent's level if they are playing somebody really bad. So it, it by all accounts, they're undefeated this year. There should be some level of pride with that. They should just come in here and blow the doors off the, off the kitty cats. But I don't know. It's still the Steelers. Yeah, I was actually nervous about that this past week because against the Bengals, it's a divisional game. And then Roethlisberger, of course, had injured both knees in the game previous. Uh, so I was a little concerned about that one. Um, but yeah, I, I think it, what are the odds? What percentage would you give the Steelers of going 16 and 0? I have not looked at the rest of season schedule, so I, I don't know. So they're at Jacksonville this week. 
should be a win, but and then, I mean, it's a 60, 40. So, I mean, there's, there's two games, three games that stick out for me here. Uh, All right. week 12, they're back at home rematch against Baltimore. That's going to be a tough one. Yeah, it's a tough one. That's a fun one. Although Baltimore is not looking quite as menacing uh, after their loss to the Patriots last night. Yeah. Uh, week 13, uh, Steelers are, are at home hosting Washington. Okay. Week 14 will be tough. On to next week. (laughs) Right. Week 14 will be a little tough at Buffalo. Okay. That's that. This is not an easy, this is not easy to call. Week 15 at Cincinnati. So not too worried about that one. Yeah, but those North games are always tough. Right. And then I think week 16 will be really, really tough is uh, at home against the Colts. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think I'd probably give them a 40% chance at, at 16 now then. Yeah, I, I mean, I'd say 20, just because I feel like they'll drop one of those three games. It's... I thought I was coming under you. You asked the darn question. <laughs> no, I, I don't see it. it. It's really tough to do. We've seen a lot of amazing teams that look way better than the Steelers fail to do it in the past. Well, I so. think it'll be an 8% chance. <laughs> well, we will see about that, but uh, we we are both going to take uh, the Steelers on the road at Jacksonville. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. So, uh, the next one that will uh, impact both of these teams still trying to make the playoffs here: Tennessee at Baltimore. And uh, this is where this is uh, you know the rematch of last year where the Titans stunned everybody in the playoffs mm-hmm. and. Uh, is this going to be another big Derrick Henry week? It's going to be a big Derrick Henry week. Uh, the Baltimore defense is no joke, but Henry's going to have a solid start for you regardless. He's going to run the football. He's very good at it. And uh, the Baltimore Ravens are not going to be able to stuff him or shut him down. Uh, I'm avoiding Tannehill, though. I, I'm fading the pass game. I, I do think this is going to be, you know, there's a reason that Tennessee stunned everyone last year. And it was also a lot later in the year, a lot colder out snow. I don't remember the exact conditions of the game, but it was, you know, it's not the same conditions here in Baltimore this next week. I don't think we see the same thing happen. I don't know though, because we saw the Patriots run all over the Ravens last night and they lost their nose tackle, Brandon Williams to injury. Um, Their defense is very good, but really their strength is the secondary stopping the pass. Uh, You know, they're they're built to stop Patrick Mahomes, right? Uh, At least in theory, Um, not, not so much Derrick Henry. So I I do really like Derrick Henry this week. Not so much uh, AJ Brown or Corey Davis. Yep. Right there with you. All right, and then on the Ravens side, what are we doing about Lamar Jackson? It's, uh, you know, Hmm. we knew regression was going to come this year. Um, He had a nice game against the Patriots, but still, uh, you know, the Tennessee Titans defense isn't very scary. He's still a QB1, but, uh, you know, really, I think you should be buying him because looking at, again, the fantasy playoff schedule, they get Cleveland, Jacksonville, and the Giants in weeks 14 through 16. If, if he can get going, he's he's a league-winning player, if he can get going. And that's the risk you take. Yeah, but uh, at running back, I think it's you can probably safely drop any of the three Ravens running backs. It doesn't look like they're moving away from this committee anytime soon. 
Yeah, absolutely. We saw nine opportunities for Edwards, seven for Dobbins, seven for Ingram. That's not adding up to points for anybody, so I'm not starting them. Hopefully, hopefully you drop them, somebody else picks them up, and clogs the roster. Are you dropping Marquise Brown? Don't ask. Oh, don't ask. That is probably my single biggest regret of the season. I am bought into him practically everywhere. I just can't bring myself to drop him. I almost did this week uh, to take a shot at a little bit of running back depth. I, I can't. I couldn't click the button, man. I couldn't do it. Yeah, and it's it, it's a fair question because, again, that, that playoff schedule is so tantalizing, right? Cleveland, Jacksonville, the Giants, they're all pretty, pretty rough against the pass. How many games have been so tantalizing? How many? And how many games has he just upset me in? He, I can't start. You can't start him until you see two good games out of him. And that and that was going to be my question, right? Because even week thirteen, they get Dallas, another great matchup. But how much are you trusting putting him in that lineup? It hurts. It hurts me so so deeply. It's uh, it's a double edged sword, right? Because if you drop him, and let's say your playoff opponent starts him, maybe I've certainly he gets, seen that happen enough times. Maybe he gets thirty points, but maybe right. it's also you know a reverse psychology thing where he gets three points and they start him against you. Hopefully that would be the case. I think just to avoid that, he's just going to sit on my bench the rest of the season and not hurt me anymore. Yeah, we'll see. I I mean, it really depends on the options at waiver wire. I mean, would you, I, I like Jacoby Myers a lot the rest of the season. I think I would add Myers and drop Brown if that was an option right now. That I would not do, but okay. I can understand it. Um, what about, I mean, We've talked about T. Higgins enough. Hopefully, he's rostered everywhere. Oh, yeah. T. What about sure. what about Cole Beasley with John Brown maybe out a few weeks now? He was huge with Brown hurt earlier in the season. He was a, a strong wide receiver too, with a lot of wide receiver one weeks. Are you just trying to wound me? I'm just asking the question. I just being honest, I probably should drop him for Cole Beasley, but I probably would not. Okay. Um, and, and this is a tough matchup to, to uh, predict here because the Ravens defense is so good, but Derrick Henry is so good too. This was one of the two that I, I left blank until right now uh, when we're recording. Um, I see you've taken Baltimore here. I have. And you know what? I, I'm going to roll the dice here. I'm, I will go with Tennessee. We'll see what happens. Uh-oh. Here we go. Um, you are you are still up one pick on me for the year, so we'll see. Um, <laughs> Slim margins here. And this next one, I don't think is quite as exciting, but I was undecided on this one too. The New England Patriots at the Houston Texans. Uh, you know, this is a Patriots team that I thought was gonna lose to the Ravens, and then Bill Belichick pulled out some of his witchcraft and magic. Uh, I don't know. Are we trusting that this Patriots offense is actually improving? No, we're trusting that the Ravens were horribly thrown off by the weather. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I don't disagree with that. I think, you know, we talked, we touched on this a little bit earlier, but I do think this is another really good rushing matchup for Damian yeah. Harris and Rex Burkhead. Mm -hmm. um, if you had to pick between those two in PPR, who would you lean this week? Uh, 
he had to throw that little that little jab in there. I think despite the PPR, I, I, I think I still lean Damian Harris. It would be nice to see him get one target in his career at some point or score a touchdown at some point, but you've got to take those guaranteed touches. You, you can't, you can't bank and lean on the, uh, the passes when they're so few and far between with this team right now. So, so I would lean Harris. Yeah, I agree too. I think Burkhead's, uh, production is much more touchdown dependent. We saw him get the two touchdowns against Baltimore, of course, but, yeah. uh, you know, we're not expecting Jacoby Myers to, you know, do the, the Muhammad Sanu and throw for touchdowns every week. Uh, I, I think Burkhead is a good RB4 play, low-end flex play with a lot of upside, but I sure. am leaning Harris as well. It wouldn't shock me if this is kind of like a, a Jonas Gray four-touchdown day for Damian Harris, right, where they just sure, let him do be. everything. This is the defense for it. All right. Um, and what what do you think about Jacoby Myers' rest of the season? Because Julian Edelman could return from IR this week, but I do think that Myers has shown – enough chemistry with cam newton to kind of be the number one guy going forward i agree i the one thing i don't know is what do you know when the kill harry's supposed to return yeah i mean he i don't know how much it actually matters but i think he will get back on the field when he's back i mean he was active against the ravens he just did nothing oh so well, I don't know how much that matters. Back. Look at that. <laughs> yeah, because Nikhil Harry just has been awful. And yeah. So yeah, Jacoby Myers is definitely a thing. He's definitely at worst a wide receiver for probably a bit better than that. Okay. Um, would you rather have him or Edelman if both are, you know, free agents in your league? Myers right now. Okay. I agree with that. Um, let's move on then to Houston here. Uh, of course, this was supposed to be the big coming out game for Duke Johnson Jr. High wins, a lot of rushing attempts, and he did get a lot of rushing attempts, played 95% of the snaps on offense, and he rushed for 54 yards. Didn't catch a pass, didn't score a touchdown. Uh what are your thoughts yeah. on Duke Johnson going forward? Here? He's had a, he's had a number of opportunities in his career when he's supposed to take over, be the guy. There's a reason he's not in Cleveland anymore. There's a reason he wasn't given the start over David Johnson, despite a lot of people saying, "Oh, David Johnson's washed up." Um, he's he's a fine backup. He's a fine fill-in player, but but he's not he's not a stud. He's not a guy to invest in from a fantasy standpoint or perspective in this. In uh, in my opinion. Um, especially with David Johnson likely back this week, in my opinion. I think he should probably progress through the protocol and make his way back. And I'm expecting a lot more out of uh, Will Fuller and Brandon Cooks here. Uh, actually, he was placed on IR, so it's going to be Duke Johnson for a while. He was. Yeah, so I guess it's more of like a Brandon Cooks uh, from know. last year. Um, yeah. So how, does that change your opinion, obviously? No, it doesn't. Not against the <laughs> Patriots. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I think this kind of, you know, this is reminiscent of when everybody wanted Lamar Miller to be a thing, right? Right. Um, he was in Miami and everyone wanted Miami him to get too. more touches. And Duke just, you know, it seems like he does show a lot of burst at times, but I don't know that he's built to handle that kind of workload and I, I don't mind him as a flex here. I, I think he'll continue to get a lot of opportunities, but I, I do think that uh, Sean Jackson or excuse me, Deshaun Watson uh, will be throwing a lot in this game. So I just don't know 
you know, how much opportunity it'll get really. Uh, didn't, didn't get a single check down either against the Browns. So really baffling there. Um, just a flex for now for me. I really hope David Johnson's okay. It, it's, you know, this is why it snuck through on me. I mean, we really don't often see guys being placed on IR after concussions. So that's, um, that's pretty worrisome. Yeah. So hopefully he's all right. Um, I, I guess I'm going to take new England here. I just, both of these teams have been, you know, very hot and cold. And, mm-hmm. So on the road, I, I would want to lean Houston, but after we saw Belichick scheme, you know, a win against the Ravens, I, I got to go New England still. Yes, uh, same same reasoning, same choice. All right, uh, we'll we'll kick off the Sunday afternoon slate. Then first game up is going to be the Miami Dolphins at the Denver Broncos, and Miami is now on a huge win streak. Uh, Tua Tagovailoa is still unbeaten, and uh, yeah, I, I like Devontae Parker here. I, I like Tua as a streamer uh, if he's out there. And, uh, you know, you got to like Salvin Ahmed, who's been a workhorse. I like him the most. Jordan Howard was just officially waived from the team. Gaskin's going to miss at least one more week on the IR. So Salvin Ahmed has the keys to the city. He looked very decent. I think he's an absolute must start here. Uh, good volume play. And then with Williams out, like you said, Devontae Parker is getting a higher target volume. He's a startable wide receiver three for me versus, uh, against Denver. But um, I, I do expect them to continue to try and protect Tua. He's spreading the ball very well. He, he's actually playing um, all the, a lot of these rookie quarterbacks this year. They're playing very well for, uh, for having this be their introduction to the NFL. Yeah, I, I will make a quick note here, though. Um, if you don't need Ahmed or, you know, if, if you picked Ahmed up in dynasty formats, I would be selling uh, just because he's shown a lot. And, and But at the end of the day, he's 5'11", 196, sub 200 pound back. I just don't see him holding up in any sort of workhorse role for, for too long. And as good as he's looked, Miles Gaskin did look better. Yeah, I, I do think that Gaskin will reclaim that job, although this does lower uh, Gaskin's floor a little bit because it could be a little bit more of a committee once he returns. Could be. Sure could be. All right. Uh, on the Denver side here, Drew Locke has not looked good, and it does not help that he suffered a rib injury against the Raiders. Uh, he is questionable to play, but assuming he does, uh, you know, you still like Jerry Judy here. But there's really no floor for any of these guys with how bad this Broncos offense has been. I'm fading everyone here. I would like to avoid basically this entire offense if possible. So what you're saying is you would like to stream the Dolphins defense this week. I am saying that. Um, By the way, uh, the Dolphins uh, defense will be a top waiver ad, uh, even for the rest of the season. Uh, If you had to guess right now, where do you think the Dolphins defense ranks in fantasy points? 14. Uh, Higher. Six. Higher. Three. Ooh, very close. Uh, they're fourth in fantasy points on the year. Oh my gosh! Wow, good for you, Baltimore. Good for you, Baltimore. Good for you, Miami. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe the next Baltimore. We'll see. Brian it Flores certainly be. doing a very very nice job down there in South Florida. Yeah, building a team. Very nice. All right. Um, 
we're both going Miami then, assuming, uh, given our conversation. You got it. <laughs> Sounds good. And the next one up here, uh, the New York Jets at the LA Chargers. Uh, Joe Flacco will be getting another start, it sounds like. And uh, I guess, you know, Jameson Crowder is a flex play. Uh, I'm not trusting Rashad Perriman after that performance. I would still avoid both him and Mims. I wouldn't trust anyone except Jameson Crowder, really. Yep, certainly not. Um, you can always talk about Michael Perrine uh, just because – uh, leagues get deep and running back gets thin, but uh, I, I don't like it. Yeah, I, I would not start him unless you're absolutely desperate. Um, let's just move on to the Chargers. Yep. <laughs> uh, on the Chargers side here, of course, uh, the rookie Justin Herbert still playing very, very well. Uh, and you like Keenan Allen as a result. And of course, uh, you know, Kalen Balaj, who we talked about a little bit earlier, he was surprisingly, you know, the hot hand right now. And he's a back-end RB2 based on volume, right? It really all depends on if Pope and Jackson are intending on being used for this game. Uh, maybe you have some sort of insider knowledge like you did about DJ that, that I don't have just yet. Uh, well, I mean, Justin Jackson is also on IR. Um, no, he isn't. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess, uh, you know, just uh, a blurry weekend for you, Lose, a little partying hard. I, I, um, I, yeah, I, you know, you know it. That's, that's totally. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Troy Main Pope, he was active for he this past active. game. I and know that. Wow. He just, you know, they decided that. Kalen Balaj is going to be our guy right now. You know, in a twisted way, this is also even though he can, even though he needs to thank Adam Gase for you know for for everything, um, this could technically be some sort of twisted revenge game for him as well. Yeah, I yeah, I mean, yeah, I I like Kalen Balaj a lot this week, and it hurts to say it. That's weird saying it, but. I mean, if he's going to get all these targets and carries, then yeah. Against the Jets defense, right. you know, right. it's, uh, well, all right. Um, yeah. So also, I uh, just wanted to note. Week. We're, we're really in the trenches here. We're really in the thick of it. Yeah. And I, speaking of, you know, in the trenches, uh, if you, if you really, if you really want to roll the dice, uh, Mike Williams, pretty solid start here against that Jets secondary. He's boomer yeah. bust, but uh, oh, yeah. should be a boom week for sure. I like him here. That's for sure. I, I, I drop Marquise Brown for him. <laughs> I just have to start. I just have to start ta- talking myself off of my, uh, my Hollywood Brown ledge. I, I, <laughs> Yeah, so we're both going to take the charges here. Absolutely. All right, the next game up, the Green Bay Packers at the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, Of course, we'll see if Alan Lazard can come back from his groin injury in this one. They have to activate him off IR, but, of course, that doesn't necessarily mean he'll be active for the game. And then uh, something to note, too, Devontae Adams did suffer an ankle injury against the Jaguars, but it seems fairly minor. He was able to finished the game, looked pretty effective, so just something worth noting. Adams has had these injuries, soft tissue things sort of creep up and go away. I think it was mostly um, high ankle sprain last year, so not the exact same issue, but you know, just keep an eye on that. If he is going to miss this game at all, that's about the only time that I would go ahead and start Montel, uh, uh, wow, MVS. <laughs> Montel. 
What's that? Has failed the Scantling. I always mess his name up. I'm so sorry, <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Valdez Scantling. Uh, <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, he finished the week as the wide receiver one, um, barring something absolutely nuts happening this week. But again, I'm, I'm not buying into it. Yeah, I liked him in DFS against the Jaguars for good reason, but certainly not against the Colts secondary, which is a much tougher matchup. Um, real quick here, are you worried at all about Aaron Jones this week? Because he has been splitting more work uh, with Jamal Williams since he came back, and that hasn't hurt him yet. He's been scoring fairly well in PPR, nothing huge. But again, against the Colts, they're, they're a tough matchup here. I, I'm not concerned. He split... I, I was actually surprised how little he'd been splitting the work this year thus far. He split work with him last year just fine. He finishes the top three running back. So, no, I'm, right. I'm not concerned. Sounds good. Uh, on the Colts side here, uh, we'll see if Jair Alexander uh, comes back this week. But at the same time, there's really no number one, quote-unquote, for him to shadow. I don't know that Michael Pittman is quite there, even though he had a very nice game against the Titans. Uh, but really, you know, I don't know what to do with this running back situation either because nine Hines exploded against Tennessee last Thursday night, but we've all seen that before he's had three games with multiple touchdowns now, but the other six, he's barely scored double digit PPR points. If at all, um, it's hard to trust. I mean, you can't trust Jonathan Taylor or Jordan Wilkins either. So I, I mean, if you had to pick one this week, who to be, it's Hines right now. Uh, at the very least, he's not going to give you a goose, which the other two could. I uh, I don't disagree there. Um, I do think Hines is probably the safest option, and I would not trust Wilkins or Taylor. They're just splitting uh, all, the, all the snaps and carries, and at least Hines is getting that receiving down work, which is keeping them afloat. Do you think, uh, do you think it's time to treat... Jonathan Taylor, like J.K. Dobbins? Yeah, I don't think he needs to be rostered. Oh, I was hoping you didn't say that. Yeah, I don't. I mean, Le'Veon Bell doesn't need to be rostered. I would hold on to Clyde Edwards later, though. Yeah. Jeez. Oh, Not good. Not good at all. Uh, like you said, the wide receivers are totally diff uh, totally impossible to predict. One's going to have a solid day. Very difficult to say who. There's always a revolving door of, of guys who look like the next uh, the next big thing. This week it was Pittman. Uh, the other week it was Johnson. One week it was uh, it was Pascal. So I, I'm not. I buying. do I do think that if if you're going to add one though, it's definitely going to be Pittman because Agreed. he's the rookie with draft capital who may right. continue to see more opportunity as the season progresses here. Next um, thing you're going to tell me Paris Campbell's on the IR or something nuts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I do still have hope for Paris Campbell and dynasty, but uh, obviously <laughs> Philip Rivers spreading the ball around doesn't help anybody here. Uh, that includes the tight ends. Uh, even if Jack Doyle comes back, uh, you know, it's a tight end by committee as well. Really don't love any Colts player at all this week. Nope. I do and, not. And yet somehow I'm picking the Colts here. Well, that just talks. That's just uh, going to talk about the organization. I think my my pick actually has more to do with me picking against Green Bay than uh, than any love for the Colts. To be frank, so I'm picking the Colts as well. All right. Well, it it could be uh, what is a death by a thousand cuts for Green Bay, right? Three yards, yards from Naeem Hines, four yards from Trey Burton. 
And then six yards from Zach Pascal, and then a minus three yard sack by Philip Rivers, and then another, you know, six yard run by Jordan Wilkins, and then another three yards uh, for a catch from T.Y. Hilton, just slowly but surely. You missed the fumble for a touchdown for uh, Jonathan Taylor. Oh, right, right. Uh, but yeah, I guess uh, we'll both reluctantly take the Colts here. Even though... I'm not bitter. I'm not bitter. Yeah. All right, the next game up should be equally frustrating. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys at the Minnesota Vikings, who are playing tonight. Um, we'll see if Andy Dalton's back. Uh, he had the concussion, and he was on the COVID reserve list. Uh, hopefully, he'll be okay. And then where does that leave this offense, even if, you know, Andy Dalton's back or where if it's Garrett Gilbert's, you know, who looked okay. Yeah. Re- regardless of who starts, I, I, I mean, you're obviously not starting the quarterback, but I think either should be able to find Cooper and lamb and maintain some of their value. Uh, I'm not trusting anybody with the deep shots to Gallup. Um, you're not sitting Zeke, but, uh, but you're certainly not uh, excited about him. No, certainly not excited about him. That's a good way to put it. Um, Minnesota, uh, you know, of course, going into tonight, uh, they have given up, you know, the 11th most fantasy points to opposing running backs. So at least a, an okay matchup for Elliott here. Um, but again, he's more in that RB2 territory at this point. Right. Uh, we'll see how the Vikings do. Uh, hopefully they'll get by without any major injuries tonight. Uh, but certainly you like Thielen, uh, you like Jefferson, uh, you love Dalvin cook. He's probably the number one running back this week. Um, do you like Kirk cousins as a streamer? If you can avoid it, I would avoid it just because the reliance on cook. I, I don't think cousins is going to have to go out of, out of his way to do too much against Dallas. Right. Uh, agreed there. He is certainly not in our top four QB streaming options no. in our waiver wire section. Um, we will both go Minnesota. Yes. You got it. All right. Sunday night football. This one, this one should be good. Kansas city chiefs at the Las Vegas Raiders. Excuse me. Uh, not much to say here. Uh, this is going to be a rematch where the Raiders upset the Chiefs surprisingly in the first game. Sammy Watkins might be back here, which would help Mahomes move the chains some, but certainly not uh, too fantasy relevant on his own. This is going to remain the Tyree kill Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes show. I'm really excited for this game, but what I'm not excited for is to see Livian Bell get the start and see Clyde Edwards Hilaire see six touches of the football. Please, please don't do this to me, Andy. Please. Come on. Yeah, I, I think we'll continue to see Edwards Hilaire be the quote unquote starter. It's just hard to say whether that translates into any fantasy value because part of his production early on in the season was due to volume, right? Yeah. So it was great. He was looking good. And then they had to go muck it up, but maybe we'll see, you know, some, some post by Deandre Swift type usage for Clyde Edwards Alaire. I'm not seeing it though, because of, of that messiness that they had with, with, uh, with all the, basically all four running backs getting, getting play. Yeah. I would say CH is a low end flex and I don't think you can start bell right now. No, certainly not. On the Raiders side here, uh, Derek Carr did have a great game the last time he faced the Chiefs, but they are, you know, a tough secondary, so he's still more in that QB2 range. Um, 
don't love Edwards uh, or Ruggs uh, or Aguilar, um, really, I still just want to rely on Darren Waller and, of course, a, a big heap and helping of Josh Jacobs. Yeah, you know, actually, I, I think with this being the second game, the Chiefs cannot be happy about losing unexpectedly to the Raiders. I, I think they're going to have taken this whole week to prepare. This is going to be some very high-octane offense, which means I think they're going to be scoring early and often here. I'm a little concerned for Josh Jacobs. He's still going to see 20 touches probably. Mm. 15, t- 15 plus for sure. But I think he's, he might get supplanted, you know, a, a little less use this game as we, as we get into that second, third and fourth quarter. So I, I'm a little bit concerned there. Yeah, that is a concern. We're, we're seeing him not getting used much uh, in, on the passing downs. Um, and we are seeing a lot of Devonte Booker, who I think is, we'll talk about on the waiver wire section more, but I do think he's become a priority handcuff at this point. Yeah. Yeah, if, if anything were to happen, Josh Jacobs, which it certainly could with his running style and usage, um, they are going to lean on a running back, whoever it is. And, and Devontae Booker looks like he'd be next man up. I mean, he's he's already uh, the the one the one B to uh, Jacobs one one A. Yep. Um, you know, the Raiders put up a great fight and, and snuck one out last time these two teams met up. But like you said, uh, Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes certainly have that loss fresh in their minds. And coming off the bye, I, I, I can't remember, but there's some crazy stat about Andy Reid coming off of a bye or having two weeks to prepare for a game. Mm-hmm. Um, and just knocking out the park. I'm taking the Chiefs for sure. Yeah. Too, too, well, I guess it, I guess this narrative's done now that he's won the Super Bowl last year. But uh, would be would have been nice for Andy Reid to have bye weeks within the playoffs. Yeah, uh, yeah I'm taking the Chiefs here. All right, uh, Monday Night Football. This should be another really good one. The yeah. LA Rams at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, the Rams are winning good football games, but uh, you know, for fantasy wise, it's real messy. This three-headed committee. Uh, Daryl Henderson got a touchdown. Malcolm Brown got two touchdowns, and of course, that left no touchdowns for Jared Goff against the Seahawks. Yeah, Goff uh, has not been hugely reliable. He did have the yardage last week, but he could have had even more against Seattle, to be honest. Cup um, and Woods are just middling wide receiver twos here for me. Uh, that three-headed run game is not going to get you anywhere, just like in, uh, in, um, just like in uh, Baltimore. But I do think that if you're going to start one of the six running backs between the two teams, it's got to be Daryl Henderson. Uh, I, I don't think so. I, you know, if anything, I you could think see Brown? potentially if if the Rams trail in this game, I do think Brown is the preferred pass catching guy still because of that mm-hmm. pass protection. Sure. Could be, but I, I don't like. I, I do my best to avoid it, regardless. Yeah, I, I certainly don't love any of them. Uh, Cam Akers, the least of the three. Yes. Um, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, uh, they are losing some opportunities to Josh Reynolds as well, uh, which certainly doesn't help for fantasy purposes. But again, this Bucks defense is tough. We saw all the, uh, excuse me, all the Panthers wide receivers struggle this past week. I think I still prefer Cup the best out of the slots, um, just because you know he's still the go-to guy, even though Reynolds out-targeted him against Seattle. Yeah, I don't see Reynolds doing much this week, especially with the outside corners for Tampa Bay. I expect Carlton Davis to be a little healthier this week, and then I think the other one's Bradley Roby. Is that the right name? No, um, 
regardless, uh, their, their, their number two is very good as well. Yeah. Um, no, Roby's on uh, the Broncos, I think, right? Yeah. Well, regardless, they have two very good corners, and I expect that to uh, definitely hamper Josh Reynolds. Also, slow down Robert Woods a little bit and, and leave a little bit more room for Cooper Cup. Well, I think more importantly, they have a good pass rush, and Jared Goff really struggles under pressure, and I think that's the bigger problem here. Yep, yep, multi-problems. You got that right. Tom Brady could see some of the same problems, though. He sure could. Uh, This Rams defense has been quietly very, very good. Um, They rank uh, very good both against the run and the pass, so... You know, it's going to be a tough game uh, coming off, of, obviously, an offensive explosion uh, against Carolina. You had six catches for 92 yards for Chris Godwin, six for 77, and a touchdown for Mike Evans, and then seven catches for 69 yards for Antonio Brown. Um, and then this was against the Panthers secondary that's been pretty good against the pass this year. It also helps that Evans has seen about half of his snaps out of the slot over the last few weeks, so that's a big transition for him. Uh, I don't think that Jalen Ramsey would shadow anyone here with real, no real number one, I, don't, I wouldn't say. Well, some might say that you've got three number ones, and that, that's exactly what my, what my point was going to be. It's going to be very interesting to see if he shadows anyone and if he does who it's going to be, but my guess is if he's going to shadow somebody, it's either going to be Mike Evans or Antonio Brown rather than Chris Godwin. Do you, do you see it differently? Honestly, I, I really don't think he shadows at all. Yeah. Um, Ray, yeah. Ramsey surprisingly hasn't been used uh, in right. shadow coverage very much this year. And especially for this matchup, I just don't see how they would prioritize any one of these guys. Yeah, regardless. I think this is going to be a fine day for, for all the receivers. I, I wouldn't fade any of them. Um, they could have some limitation in the past game, but every single one of them has a chance to score. I think Gronkowski is a fine, uh, fine start here as well. Yeah, really, I, I think what this matchup hinges on is the guard, Allie Marpet, coming back mm-hmm. and you know helping their pass protection because that's going to be the biggest part to keeping this offense moving. And hopefully helping the run game a little bit, too. Yeah, certainly, uh, you know, Ronald Jones did not need a whole lot of hope. But, you know, even with this big day, it was about a 60-40 split between him and Fournette. So I would not go all in on Ronald Jones just yet. And again, this Rams is pretty tough against the run as well. Yeah, if you're picking between, I mean, it sounds trite to, to say this after seeing how well Jones did this past game. But... He had the ball. He lost his opportunity. Fournette was going, and then Fournette dropped a pass. That's what led to Ronald Jones getting the opportunity again. So if you're if you have to pick between the two, you got to pick the guy who's got the confidence right now. But just don't be shocked as soon as he misses a pass pro or drops a ball. Ronald Jones is going to be seeding work to Leonard Fournette yet again. Ronald Jones or J.D. McKissick this week? J.D. McKissick. Damian Harris. Or Ronald Jones? Yeah. Uh, I probably go Jones there. Okay, Salvin Ahmed. Salvin Ahmed. Kalen Balaj. Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> I think I got to go Jones there. No, no, I don't. You know what? I got to go Balaj there. Revenge game against the Jets and Adam Gase. Yeah. I mean, what gets me is the targets that he had last week. That it, it, what? 
Yeah. Yeah, it's it's ugly, but uh, you know, sometimes pretty don't win you fantasy titles. That's right. Often it doesn't. Yeah. All right. Uh, this one's tough, but you know, outside of the complete meltdowns against the Saints, uh, you know, the Bucks have been a solid team, and uh, yeah. I'm going to go with them at home. Yeah, I, th- I think Goff's going to have a tough day here. I, I'm going to take Tampa Bay at home. All right, so we've got four teams on by this week. The Buffalo Bills, of course, uh, Josh Allen, Zach Moss, Devin Singletary, Stephon Diggs, John Brown, Cole Beasley, Gabriel Davis, and Dawson Knox and Tyler Croft will all be out of your lineups. Josh Allen is awesome. His running backs are not. Uh, nothing else there. As for the next team, which is uh, the New York Football Giants, of course, you got to find replacements for Daniel Jones, Wayne Gallman, Elf Morris, Darius Slayton, Sterling Shepard, Golden Tate, and Evan Ingram. Uh, nothing too big to note here. Now is now is the time to sell your shares of Alfred Morris if you've been holding. Uh, Devontae Freeman will probably be back soon. Yep, and then Chicago, uh, who, who's playing tonight, they will be on by Nick Foles, David Montgomery, Cordero Patterson, Allen Robinson, Darnell Mooney, Anthony Miller, and Jimmy Graham. And that leaves the San Francisco 49ers also on a buy. Nick Mullins, of course, Raheem Mostert, McKinnon, Tevin Coleman, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, Kendrick Bourne, and then Jordan Reed and Ross Dwelly. Ayuk has done really well with his chances, but the team's going to have two weeks to mend their wounds. So we'll see who's uh, available two weeks from now. Sure will. Um, which we'll move on to the injuries then. Starting off at the quarterback position, we've got Drew Brees with the fractured ribs and the collapsed lung, who's going to be out for at least three to four weeks, it sounds. Um, he could return, though, in time for the fantasy semi-championship or championship week. So he's not a drop just yet in redraft formats, depending on how many quarterbacks are rostered in your leagues. Um, but, of course, that's very league-dependent because we really don't know how long he's going to be out. Teddy Bridgewater uh, with an MCL sprain. He's probable. Again, it seems like this was a a low-grade sprain for Bridgewater, so barring any setbacks, he is expected to play this week. But continue monitoring his practice reports just in case. Drew Locke with a rib injury. He's questionable. He had a shoulder injury earlier, and we'll see if this rib injury keeps him out for a week or two at all. Uh, Monitor his reports this week as well. Andy Dalton with the COVID reserve list. Uh, he is probable, though. Uh, he's had ample time to clear both the COVID protocols and the concussion protocol with the Cowboys coming off of their bye. Uh, so barring any setbacks, he should return. Sam Darnold with the shoulder sprain in the throwing shoulder is out. It sounds like we're going to get another start from Joe Flacco here. Um, Darnold's going to need probably to get a couple of limited and full practices in next week before we trust him back. And then Gardner Minshew with that thumb surgery recovery, he is doubtful. It sounds like it's going to be at least one more week of Jake Luton, Luton, or however you say it, under center for the Jags as Minshew continues to rehab and heal that thumb. Doesn't sound like he's ready just yet. I think it's Luton, like the like the cough drop. Oh, is it? Okay. No, I, I, I don't know. I actually I, haven't I, even I haven't even heard of that cough drop. So, L, well, it's L U D E N's. And oh, okay. N.S. Ludens. Gotcha. Yes, sir. 
All right, running backs, <laughs> onto the running backs. Uh, Mike Davis with that thumb injury, he's questionable. Davis left that game versus Tampa Bay briefly. X-rays did come back negative, but it's still possible that it's an injury that could affect him going forward. So keep an eye on practice reports this week. Christian McCaffrey with his shoulder injury, doubtful to play here. Schefter reported that the Panthers are expecting Christian McCaffrey to be out a couple of weeks uh, as of right now. With Carolina's bye in week 13, it's possible that he could be held out to week 14. The first week of the fantasy playoffs, um, if you're mostly locked into a playoff berth, McCaffrey's a player to trade for. For teams that need wins over the next few weeks, it's time to consider trading away McCaffrey for players to help in the meantime. He can't help you in the playoffs if you're not in the playoffs. David Montgomery with the concussion. He's questionable. He's out for tonight's game against Minnesota, but with full uh, two full weeks coming, he should have enough time to clear concussion protocol, barring any lingering symptoms. Joe Mixon with a foot injury, questionable. We still don't have a ton of details on this one, but it is a bad sign that we that he was unable to practice at all last week, even after their bye. It's surprising that they chose not to place him on the IR, given how long he's been out, but keep an eye on uh, the practice reports this week. Chris Carson with a midfoot sprain. He's probable this week. Adam Schefter reported that the Seahawks are expecting Carson to be back against Arizona this coming week, barring any setbacks. Carlos Hyde with a hamstring injury, questionable. Hyde may or may not return this week, but with Carson likely back, it's a moot point. Hyde doesn't need to be held out of outside of deep leagues. Raheem Mostert with a high ankle sprain. He's on the IR. Mostert has been eligible to return from the IR, but San Fran chose to hold him out. With the extra bye week to heal up, it's possible he could be back week 12 versus the Rams. Tevin Coleman with a knee sprain, questionable right now. Just like Hyatt, it's possible that the return of Mostert saps Coleman a fantasy appeal. He doesn't need to be held outside of deep leagues. Even if he returns week 12, he'd need another injury to Raheem Mostert or McKinnon to have any relevance here. David Johnson's on the IR with concussion. He's eligible to return week 13, so he's worth holding for the possibility that he'll be back by the fantasy playoffs. Miles Gaskin with an MCL sprain on the IR currently. He's eligible to return week 12 versus the Jets. With Salvin Ahmed playing well in his absence, it could be more of a committee even once he's back. Gaskin is worth holding in most leagues, but probably not a must-hold anymore in shallower formats. Devonta Freeman, hamstring injury on the IR. Freeman is eligible to return week 14 versus Arizona, so he's worth holding for the possibility he'll be back for the playoffs. That said, Wayne Gallman has played well in his absence, so it could be more of a committee once he returns. And finally, Austin Eckler on the IR with a hamstring injury. Eckler announced last week that, quote, the time draws near for his return, so he could be back this week or next. Keep an eye on this going forward. And at wide receiver, we've got Devontae Adams with the ankle sprain, but he is probable. He injured that ankle against the Jaguars, but was able to finish the game and looked effective. Keep an eye on Adams just in case, but as of right now, there isn't too much worry of him missing this week against the Colts. John Brown with a high ankle sprain. Uh, they are on a bye this week, but he's likely out for multiple weeks. Brown's leg got trapped underneath him and bent backwards on a tackle. It did not look great. He's out for at least a couple weeks, if not longer. Fantasy GM should probably make other plans at wide receiver if they've been relying on him. But he should be held if possible, given the Bills' high-scoring offense. Tyler Lockett with a knee sprain, questionable. It's reportedly not a serious issue, but again, with the Seahawks playing on a short week on Thursday night here, this could hinder Lockett's effectiveness, even if he's active for this game. Definitely something to monitor over the next few days. Calvin Ridley with a foot sprain. He's questionable. 
we'll know more with the Falcons having been on a bye this past week once they start practicing, but monitor him in the coming days. Foot injuries are tricky for running backs and wide receivers, as we've seen with Joe Mixon. Kenny Galladay with the hip injury is doubtful, uh, but questionable uh, more so this week. He's yet to practice. Uh, so until we see him get a few practices in, uh, we'll just have to keep monitoring the situation. Debo Samuel with the hamstring injury. He's questionable as well um, to return after San Francisco's bye here. These soft tissue injuries are always tough to heal from, but he does have the bye, so he could return in week 12 against the Rams here. LaVisca Chenault with a hamstring injury, he's questionable as well. Again, these soft tissue injuries are at risk of aggravation. Players try to return too quickly, so monitor Chenault's practice reports this week also. And then Alan Lazard coming off that groin injury on IR. This is the last week that he can stay on IR, so he'll be activated regardless. But that doesn't mean that there's any guarantee that he'll play with Green Bay's training staff having been pretty cautious with players up to this point. Julian Edelman coming back from a knee surgery on IR. He's been moving well reportedly in individual drills and could return this week, so monitor his status over the next few days. And as for some tight ends, uh, Zach Ertz was on the IR with the high ankle sprain. He was activated today, uh, so keep an eye on his status going forward. Irv Smith with the groin injury, questionable. He's out tonight versus Chicago, but could return versus Dallas in the coming week. Keep an eye on what's going on with him this week. And Jack Doyle, questionable with the concussion. He was unable to return on a short week with the Colts having played last Thursday, but with 10 days to clear concussion protocol, he could be back this week. And to help cope with all these injuries, of course, we have the waiver wire ads. Starting off at quarterback this week, we've got Teddy Bridgewater, 29% rostered in ESPN, 46% in Yahoo. Bridgewater's been keeping this team in games for the most part, though they couldn't get it going against Tampa Bay. Even with the minor knee injury, if he plays, Bridgewater has a decent floor and a high upside uh, this week against the Lions defense that's allowing the 10th most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. Tua Tungo-Vailoa, 33% in ESPN, 45% in Yahoo. The rookies looked good in two straight games now, and he's 3-0 and since becoming the starter in Miami. He's going to look to continue his hot streak against a Broncos defense that gives up the ninth most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. Cam Newton, 57% ESPN, 62% Yahoo. Patriots offense is starting to get back on track here. And perhaps the time missed due to COVID was more impactful than we first expected for Cam. He could continue to produce this week against a Texans secondary. That's top five in fantasy points allowed to opposing quarterbacks. And he could get an added boost as well if Julian Edelman is able to return this week. And finally, Jameis Winston, 1% rostered and ESPN, 2% Yahoo. If you want to roll the dice here, Taysom Hill may continue to steal some snaps here and there, even valuable goal line work. But it would appear that the Saints will utilize Winston as the primary backup to Brees. Winston has historically been turnover prone, but perhaps Sean Payton can help limit those. All he needs to do is get the ball to Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas with short throws and let them do the rest of the work. He's a high-risk, high-reward streaming option who could get you four fantasy points or 40, but he's a decent bet this week against an Atlanta defense that gives up the second-most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. And there are numerous running back options this week, uh, hopefully some available in your league. 
J.D. McKissick, 64% rostered in ESPN, 69 in Yahoo. McKissick has now played 83 and 70% of the snaps with Alex Smith over the last two games, which has resulted in an average of 15 targets per game in the past game. He's a strong running back three or better in PPR with upside as long as Smith continues to check it down and should be a priority at it running back despite not having the name value. Wayne Gallman, 30% uh, rostered in ESPN, 50% in Yahoo. Since Devonta Freeman's injury in Week 7, Gallman has been the number 3 fantasy running back behind only Elvin Kamara and Elvin Cook over the last four weeks. As long as Freeman's out, Gallman is a solid volume-based running back, too, with upside. Rex Burkhead, 23% in ESPN, 24% in Yahoo. And Damian Harris, 44% in ESPN, 59% in Yahoo. It is hard to ever trust New England running backs, but both are viable flex plays this week versus Houston defense that just allowed 230 rushing yards and a touchdown to Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt this past week. It would have been two touchdowns had Chubb not stepped out just before the goal line to ice the game. Harris should be slightly prioritized as the higher floor, lower ceiling play unless you think Rex Burkhead's going to score two touchdowns again. Salvin Ahmed, 7% in ESPN, 6% in Yahoo. With Gaskin on IR and Jordan Howard, a healthy uh, cut from the team now, waived. Ahmed was a workhorse, uh, seeing 76% of the snaps on offense. As long as Gaskin is out, Ahmed will be a volume-based running back too. Denver is a tough run defense, but they're not invincible, and we just saw Josh Jacobs gash them for 112 yards and two touchdowns. Kalen Balaj, 30% rostered in ESPN, 19 in Yahoo. Speaking of volume-based running back twos, Kalen Balaj surprisingly played 73% of the snaps for the Chargers with Justin Jackson on IR, despite Pope and Kelly both being active. He's likely going to be the hot hand again this week if Eckler remains out in a great matchup versus a poor Jets run defense. Naeem Hines, 41% across the board, and Jordan Wilkins, 8% in ESPN, 18% rostered in Yahoo. We've seen this all before. Hines has now scored multiple touchdowns in weeks one, eight, and ten, but he's barely cracked double-digit PPR points in in the other six games. The Colts' messy committee backfield makes it impossible to predict who's going to score any given week, but Hines and Wilkins are both decent shots if you're desperate with Green Bay allowing the second-most fantasy points to opposing running backs this year. Devontae Booker, 1% rostered in ESPN, 3% in Yahoo. Booker seems to establish himself as the number two back for the Raiders. He's not going to get garbage time opportunities versus Kansas City like he did versus Denver this past week, but it could still be a fairly run-heavy game plan of attack given how the Raiders stole a win from the Chiefs the last time they met. Booker has some standalone upside and is becoming a priority handcuff. And Trenton Cannon, 0% owned across the board. It's a super long shot, but if Mike Davis were to miss any time with this thumb injury with McCaffrey already ruled out, Trenton Cannon could be the next man up in the Carolina backfield. He's worth rostering in deep leagues and at least adding to the watch list in shallower formats as well. And a wide receiver. Uh, of course, we start off with T. Higgins, 79% <laughs> rostered in both ESPN and Yahoo. I, we must sound like a broken record at this point just talking about Higgins week after week, but. He's basically a free wide receiver, too, with wide receiver one upside every week. And he's available in over 20% of the leagues out there. He should be 100% rostered. Another dominant performance with 115 yards and a touchdown against the Steelers this past week. I don't know what that last 20% is waiting for. Cole Beasley, 46% in ESPN, 50% in Yahoo. We talked about him a few weeks ago, but Beasley's roster percentage has dipped back below 50%. After a couple of rough games against New England and Seattle, 
But with John Brown now out for multiple weeks with a high ankle sprain, Beasley could be a strong wide receiver too for as long as Brown is out. And even with the Bills on a bye this week, Beasley should be the top priority ad at wide receiver, assuming, of course, Higgins is already rostered. Jacoby Myers, 23% ESPN, 48 in Yahoo. Even with Edelman potentially back this week, Myers should still be a top ad at wide receiver. He may have already usurped him as the top wide receiver in New England, given the rapport that he's built with Newton over the last few weeks. And now we see that Myers has some added passing bonus each week as well, like how Mohamed Sanu has in the past. After that touchdown throw to Burkhead against Baltimore, Myers is a solid wide receiver three with quite a bit of upside. Mike Williams, 64% ESPN, 70% Yahoo. He's mostly rostered and is the definition of boom or bust, but Williams is worth mentioning this week with a mouth-watering matchup against that Jets secondary. If ever there were a week for him to go off, it would be this week. Jalen Rager, 25% ESPN, 26 in Yahoo. Rager has now played 73 and 88% of the snaps in his first two games back from injury, and he led the team in targets with seven in the loss to the Giants. Even with Goddard back and Ertz returning soon, Rager could be a high upside wide receiver three if this Eagles offense can ever get it together. Curtis Samuel, 65% ESPN, 55% in Yahoo. Samuel and the entire Panthers offense struggled against the top Tampa Bay defense, but he still saw five targets and three carries. He should have a better day against the Lions this week as long as Bridgewater is able to suit up. Julian Edelman, 38% ESPN, 29 in Yahoo. He showed some flashes prior to his knee surgery, and even if Jacoby Myers has begun to dominate the targets in that Patriots offense, Edelman still has some decent upside if he returns from IR against the Houston secondary that allows the seventh most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. You could do worse at flex than Edelman. Keelan Cole, 14% ESPN, 23% in Yahoo, and Chris Conley, 1% across the board. Jake Luton hasn't been particularly good, but he's been effective enough to keep his wide receivers fantasy relevant, especially in game scripts where Jacksonville is trailing, like they're expected to yet again against Pittsburgh this week. Target volume could keep both Cole and Conley in that wide receiver four mix with some PPR upside. Finally, David Moore, 4% ESPN, 5% Yahoo, and Freddie Swain, not rostered at all. If you're desperate, if Tyler Lockett were to miss this game against Arizona on Thursday night, the Cardinals are likely to put up a lot of points, which makes both Moore and Swain desperation wide receiver fours. And tight end is a messy landscape. Maybe some of these guys can brighten your day. Dallas Goddard, 54% rostered in ESPN, 77 in Yahoo. And Zach Ertz, 58% in ESPN, 53 in Yahoo. Goddard was fairly quiet versus the Giants with the entire Eagles offense struggling, and Ertz looked slow prior to his injury. That said, Wentz has historically targeted his tight ends early and often, and Philly was using a lot of two tight end sets when both were healthy. Given the desolate landscape of tight end around the league, both Eagles tight ends should be rostered given their upside if Wentz can get this offense back on track. Austin Hooper, 70% rostered in ESPN, 67 in Yahoo. Hooper played 85% of the snaps in his first game back on Sunday versus Houston, but the high winds kept the offense running through the ground game. He should see more targets and opportunities this week versus an Eagles defense that allows the third most fantasy points to opposing tight ends. Logan Thomas, 20% in ESPN, 35 in Yahoo. Logan Thomas continues to see consistent target share from Alex Smith, and that's more than we can say about most tight ends this year. He also faces a Cincy defense that allows the second 
most fantasy points to the opposing tight ends this coming week. And Irv Smith Jr., 4% in ESPN, 7% in Yahoo. And Kyle Rudolph, 7% in ESPN, 5 in Yahoo. If you're desperate, Dallas's defense has been an absolute sieve. Irv Smith looked good prior to injuring his groin last week. And if he's out again, Rudolph could see more snaps and targets than usual against this Cowboys defense. And speaking of defense, uh, we'll kick it off with the Miami defense, 33% roster in ESPN, 58% in Yahoo. As we mentioned earlier, the Dolphins are quietly the number four fantasy defense through 10 weeks. And they get the Jets this week, followed by the Broncos and the Bengals up next. And all three of these teams have struggled with turnovers and protecting their quarterbacks. Unless you have a strong option like Pittsburgh, Baltimore, Tampa Bay, or Indianapolis, Miami should be a priority add for the rest of the season here. The Chargers defense, 28% ESPN, 42% Yahoo. They've struggled this season, but they get to bounce back this week against Joe Flacco and the Jets. Plus, Joey Bosa could return as well, so enough said. Minnesota defense, 32% ESPN, 55% Yahoo. Cowboys have allowed the most fantasy points to opposing defenses this year. Maybe they were able to fix up some of the offensive line issues coming out of their bye week, but the Vikings are still a good bet to get some sacks this week. And finally, the Atlanta defense, 1% ESPN, 2% in Yahoo. Last week against the Niners was the first half of football in which Jameis Winston did not throw an interception in nearly two years. If you're desperate, the Falcons' defense has been awful, but they could get back some healthy players in their secondary coming out of the bye, and Winston is generally a good bet for at least a turnover or two. And that'll wrap up the show for us today. Uh, as always, if you've got more specific questions about your team or league as we come down to the wire here, we're happy to rec- reply to your questions on Twitter. You can find me at FFA underscore Mung. That's M-E-N-G. And you can find me at FFA underscore LOS, L-O-S. And you can find the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any of our upcoming podcast episodes. It's a fantasy world, and we're all just addicts in it. Thanks, addicts. Karen is the proven expert in addiction treatment. A recent independent study showed that 94% of Karen patients were still in recovery 90 days post-treatment. Visit CARON.org slash real. Karen, real results, real care, real about recovery. Hey, sis, are you video calling me from the new home sense? Reporting from Rockville, there are some serious deals here. Where are we supposed to go together? So competitive. Speaking of competitive, look at the price on this sleeper sofa. That alabaster lamp for less? I want. I bet you do. Wait, go back. Show me that hand-woven rug from Turkey. A total upgrade. Ooh, are you seeing this standing mirror? I see a sister who's going to buy that for me. Hello? Now open in Rockville. Home Sense. Standout pieces, outstanding prices.